Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Our Cornerstone. Today, we will be discussing on the topic of lukewarm Christianity and qualities that make up a lukewarm person. Now, these qualities are something that we should try to attain, but we need to remember that we aren't perfect and many times, especially myself, I fail to do some of these. But the purpose of this episode is to improve ourselves, which would allow us to be a reflection of God's glory to this world. This episode isn't for us to identify which of our friends are lukewarm Christians because the Bible tells us not to judge others. Instead, we should try and help each other grow together. And on behalf of our cornerstone, we truly hope that from this episode, you will have a new outlook and a new perspective as a Christian, but also as a human. Now, I'm Brayden and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Shannon, Gio and Siobhan. And today is something special where we are actually joined by two guests. I'd like to introduce you to Annabelle and Kelly, um, why don't you guys tell us about yourself and your testimony? Um, hi, so I'm Annabelle. Um, I'm doing my first year of, second year actually, second year of um, uh, university studies doing um, science psychology. Um, yeah, uh, I grew up in a Christian family, uh, so I was pretty much a Christian my whole life, but I felt like I wasn't really having a proper relationship with Christ until like until I was 18 or 19 years old and like experienced God for the first time. I experienced his voice and it was a life-changing moment for me and yeah, that's why um I am who I am today because of that experience when during my teens. Um, I'm in my third year bachelor of science. I am studying ecology and evolutionary biology. Um, so I grew up in a mixture of a Christian and a Buddhist home. So my dad was Buddhist, my mom was Christian. And all I knew about Christianity was just Sunday school. Didn't really know much. And also maybe the stories that my mom tell me about. So it was only when I was 12, I was truly convicted. And I said, okay, I want to follow Jesus. And I think I want to dedicate my life. That was also when my dad became a Christian when I was 12. Yeah, that's about it, I guess. Just a quick question. Was it your father that became a Christian first or was it you and then him? Mm, that's a mystery because um, I became a Christian. Like I accepted when I went to church camp. It was my first church youth camp. Whereas for him, it was after he read um, this book. I think, I forgot what is it called. Oh, it's called The Case of Christ. And because he's a very logical person. So um, I don't know when. And when I asked him like, oh, when do you read book he's like mm, I don't know <laughs> he, he himself doesn't know so I think but we just got baptized together in church yeah that's awesome what was the the like the thing that really made you want to accept Christ as a savior like the turning point to understand that this is the truth for my dad mm, I honestly think that there wasn't a specific turning point I think it was a build up because every time when I was younger, we go to church, he would just tag along. And he used to have all sorts of questions and like, no, Christ's not real, you know, logic, 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 logic. But he did say that the book that he read, The Case of Christ, really answered all his questions. But I do think if he read that book at a different time of his life, it wouldn't change him. So I felt like it was only at that time of life when his heart was actually opened. Yeah. Yes, sir, sir. What about you? Oh, me. Like, why I chose to accept Christ. Honestly, I think I always believed in Jesus since young. Like, I always knew that he was there, but I just never had, like, a a proper relationship. 
But it was only then when I just felt so immensely grateful that I knew about him when I was young. So I was like, I was just thankful that he entered my life and that he was very evident in my family because we were having like family problems as well. We struggled a lot. So it was somehow only then where I saw the community, like the people were so nice, people were friendly, they were loving. And I was like, I want to be like that too. And then I realized that they are doing it not because they're like that, but because of Jesus. So I was like, yeah. So I just decided to start a relationship with Christ. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really relevant to today's topic mm. because it really shows a person who's devoted to Christ, to Christianity, to Christ. Mm. Yeah, and like like we clearly see the difference being proper Christians and people being a Christian just for a name. Like there are, there are a few people that I know like for kind of bring up the fact that like we Christians, even though we are Christians, like we don't really live up to those standards and we don't show it emotionally or like even physically to other people. Like Christians are known to be like the easygoing religion. Like look, even if you sin, you get forgiveness from God. Mm -hmm. Or even if you want to go and like do other things, like God would always give you forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And many people take that in a wrong way. And then other religions think that look, this Christianity is just not like a proper religion. Mm -hmm. And you saying this, like that really that's really cool like how you got inspired by other Christians mm -hmm. and understood the way they're living mm -hmm. and yeah that's so cool so speaking on the topic of lukewarm Christianity like if you keep out the Bible and every Christian aspect out of it like what do you guys think is the actual meaning of the word lukewarm um, so when I first think of the word lukewarm, I think of it as like neither cold nor hot. Mm. So if I was to think about um, being a cold Christian, as as to say, like I feel like it's about being um, being like having your heart frozen, having your heart um, like having a heart of stone that is not it's not changeable, it's not soft for God to work inside. Um, and when I think of like being hot, I think of like burning of passion for Christ, wanting to do things for God, wanting to be involved, wanting to um, dive in deeper into the word. So lukewarm, I would say it's a challenging concept because it sits in between being cold and hot. And it's somewhere, it's like, it's like, it's like somewhere in between where you can't really tell where you are exactly. Like, are you passionate or are you, um, or are you like, um, just being like cold towards God. Yeah. What do you think, Kelly? I think coming from like a scientific background, I also think of lukewarm as neither here nor there. Like you're just room temperature, water, you know. So I think it's also a choice to want to stay there. Like you don't, you look at the cold aspect, you're like, that's bad. And then you look at the hot aspect, you're like, mm, meh, I'll just stay where I'm comfortable at, where I get the best of both worlds, you know, the Christian world and also the secular world. So I do think of it that way. That's right. And for example, if you take coffee, you like your coffee hot, right? Mm. And once it gets warm, like just room temperature, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't give that effect that you really want. Mm. And if you try to take drink something cool, like, like a cool drink, you wouldn't want it to go to room temperature, right? Yeah, it's like 100 plus in room temperature. So it's like, what's that? Exactly. Well, yeah, I like that coffee analogy because mm. coffee is either hot or cold. Like, you can have iced coffee, right? 
Yeah. But if you have a room temperature coffee, who likes that, man? Exactly. It, it just a, doesn't give a t- it yeah. doesn't give anything out. It's not it's not really there. Yes. And that's what I feel like in the Bible God refers to it in Revelations how he just doesn't like how he just does not bear any fruit at all. Doesn't give anything positive. So Shivan, you wanted to speak about the oxygen, right? Yeah, so like Oh, well, I was going to speak and then you brought up Revelations. But uh, I was initially going to ask everyone, like, where do you guys think in the Bible where it specifically says the word lukewarm? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that comes to mind is Revelations 3.16. And so what do you guys think, like, about the context of Revelations 3.16 in the Bible? Revelations 3.16. Yeah, I think he's talking about, like, what Kelly said, like, people trying to get like benefits of both worlds. Mm. So it actually says in Revelations 3, 15 to 16, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like um, the author of Revelations 3 is John, and he records a word from God to seven churches in the book's opening chapters, although these messages are not like directly to the church it's not limited only to the church like it's limited to all of us these are actual churches that like actually existed in john's day and they serve as a symbol of all the churches that's actually currently in the world and so we first encountered this term lukewarm as a lukewarm christianity in this address it is mentioned at revelations 3 verses 14 to 22 where it says this church was actually having trouble and had like completely given up in their faith and was dependent on only their resources to get by it. And the church in this verse is made up of Jesus' disciples, where we frequently think of this passage as a warning to address to the unbelievers. But actually that's not the only thing that this church, uh, this passage is focused on. And Gio, you uh, spoke something nice about well, no, yeah, what I was trying to say is that um, the concept of lukewarm is implicit in the Bible in prior texts to Revelation because since Revelation is a later text, that's when the word is eroded in, right? And it's defined as lukewarm. But if you see in uh, books like John, for example, Jesus says that if you love him, you'll obey his commandments, mm. right? So the, the, these um, aspects of lukewarm and what it means to love Christ and be for him or to be sort of how you said Kelly half and half um, they're implicit in, in earlier texts that's what I was trying to say and so now this one of these seven churches were actually in the church of Laodicea where it just it was positioned in this area which was like full of resources and as a result, they all like lived very comfortable lives and they were very prideful in their ability to provide for themselves. So much so that like when this church at 60 AD, not sorry, not the church, this area, when they faced an earthquake, when the Roman Empire was willing to give them funds to build up back the economy, they literally told them that they didn't want the money that they're willing to pay by themselves. So they all felt like they were self-sufficient, this church. And it's important that it is important to understand that this issue is sorry, this issue isn't the salvation issue, but it's all 
or what a usefulness issue. This church has abandoned its mission and it has become ineffective and useless. Now, this whole lukewarm water comment, hot and cold water are a good thing, but lukewarm is, like we just mentioned, it's good for nothing like the coffee. It's either good hot or it's either good cold. And the image of lukewarm water would have caused a powerful reaction from this Laodicean church. It's not a mistake or happenstance that the title this church is given is one of being lukewarm water. The neighboring city is in this church was a place called Pyrapolis. And this city had hot springs. And then after that, uh, this hot spring had actually a very was very valuable for medicinal effects. Mm. But by the time this hot spring reached this place called Laodicea, Laodicea, yeah, through these aqueducts, it it kind of like lost all its heat mm. and the medicinal value of the of the water. And then another city that was also close by to this city was an Colossi, which had very nice, cool, and refreshing, life-giving water. That was like perfect for a refreshing beverage. Mm. But by the time it again reached this city, this coolness was again lukewarm. Mm. And once again, when it's just lukewarm, it doesn't give that refreshing look. So that's also one reason that John brought up this church because it was middle of both areas, even though it was like full of resources. Um, now speaking on lukewarm, what do you guys think are like some famous characteristics of lukewarm Christians? I think the first thing that comes to mind um, is actually a book written by Francis Chan. Yeah, I have the book. I read it last year. I brought it with me as well. But he literally listed down all the characters of a lukewarm Christian. And he was very confronting. Because although you don't, you might not satisfy all, you satisfy one and you're considered a lukewarm Christian. And one even involves like um, the giving of money to church. If you don't, you know, if you don't want to give, then you're already lukewarm. So it's very controversial. But um, there are some I agree on. I can't really remember all. But I would think that one aspect of a lukewarm Christian is somebody who just doesn't desire to seek God. Or when they're going through difficult times, the first thing they go to is not God. The first thing they go to is, how can I, like, do it? How would I improve? You know, what can I do next? It's always I, 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 I. Or, I should ask somebody. Or I should ask this person. They would know best. When God, the creator, is like, they're like, hello, I'm right here, you know. Ask E. Yeah, that's just one. The first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, yep. and Bill, what do you think? Um, I think that if we're looking at, like, how we live our lives and our lifestyle. If we are lukewarm, I would think of like having our, I, th- I would think of like people still having passion, like, um, and it dies down because like when you're hot, you're burning with passion. But then when you're lukewarm, it's like that fire burning down. And I guess like we can see it in so many like churches and Christians where like their passion for Christ, their passion to dive in deep into the Word, their passion to connect with people, to spread the gospel, um, just fades out. And like a fire, it just just like burns out after some time. And, um, and I would say that it's also, um, it's also not, growing, not desiring to grow spiritually. 
because like I feel like lukewarm is like a position where um you know that you are out of passion but yet you're also not really actively pursuing to um like restore that flame once again exactly like what Kelly said like um you're not seeking Christ you're not um actively participating in things that you know that uh, will help to get you back on your feet again yeah so that's how I see it I do think like um there's a difference between being a lukewarm Christian and a Christian who is going through seasons like for example like a Christian that's burning in passion might go through a very difficult time that made them get upset with God and maybe they're in dry season you know where they feel like God where are you like I have praying I've been praying for so long but I don't feel you or maybe they're going through a time where they just lost a loved one I think there are different seasons but I wouldn't consider that person a lukewarm Christian because that's just when like your passion did burn out but your faith and you know that God is real and you know that God is calling you back you're still strong inside you're just your fire just like you know dimmed down a bit but lukewarm is a bit different where honestly for me lukewarm is like when you don't even have a proper relationship with God yet you know that's when you don't actually know who this father is like who is he why am I doing good things like do I do good things just to please this person like who you know yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think you can really be lukewarm once you've met face-to-face with the living God. And for lukewarms, a uh, characteristic that, that I can think of is maybe how you're supposed to have a relationship with God. You're supposed to have a fellowship with Him. Mm-hmm. Let's say in a relationship with any other person. If you don't commit your time and your effort and your just your thought, your mind mind power to that person, to that relationship, then eventually, um, like like Annabelle said, the the Kindle is just going to go out. The, there's no more romance or, or emotional weight to the relationship. And I think that hap- could happen to someone that is trying to find God without having really experienced him yet. Sorry, Jude, did you say... Um people who encountered God are not likely to be lukewarm? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I just had like a slight discovery from one of this session with my pastor and according to barna.org, um, do you know what a born-again Christian is? Yes. You... Well, it, a born-again Christian means that you're born of the Spirit as if like a physical baptism but spiritual baptism. And it means that you're a new person through God, through Christ. What I think a born-again Christian is, uh, when he explained it, was that they've actually had an encounter with God himself. And these are stats. I'm not too sure how accurate this is, but 86% of born-again Christians believe the Bible is totally accurate, but only 47% read it from week to week. 57% believe Satan is not real. 41% believe Jesus sin and only 32% believe in moral absolutes. I think that that's accurate. I think that's accurate because you can be self-proclaimed born again, but it's not until you read the Bible that you actually find out if you are. I think uh, 
this could be the reason or maybe just like influences of the world like as they continue to live on their lives they slowly forget about the encounter that they had and then like could be slip back into like lukewarmness and stuff but then do you really think they had an, a proper encounter with the living god i'd say some probably do but then like as life goes on you know you tend to like mm-hmm. lose that relationship or you forget that memory that you had and you continue to keep living like yeah like well there could be degrees to it yeah like speaking on what Brayden said like even me also personally uh I mean I was like 16 years old that's when I like properly experienced a god and I kind of feel like before that I would just follow Christianity Christianity like just a religion or like just a way of living go to church every Sunday read the Bible and just pray but I didn't really feel like god was alive like i just did what i was supposed to do as per sunday school said and then like brain like brain said like sometimes you experience god and then like you drift away so that happened to me like when i was 16 years old i had a proper experience with god and i did a few healings and like i i saw a lot of things happen within me and just after that like in two weeks a few issues came up and like i lost two very close people in my life and then after that like these memories that i had now these experiences sort of like drifted away and then like i kind of like completely forgot about what happened until recently again so yeah like sometimes like you do have experiences with god and like sometimes you just drift away and when the world hits you back you start following the world and you feel like the world is the best way for you to live life and yes and on your sense yes yeah, so it was actually like 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 you said we we got way strong with god and then these problems hit us and then we started drifting away and that really shows that even once we got strong we were still we still had this thought in our mind is he still actually the real living god because now when you look at the story of job mm. god was so sure that job was really strong with his faith that he even allowed satan to come and put all these problems in his life but still since his faith was that strong he continued to fight against it so yeah so like that sometimes you may think that you know and you really experience and like even after you have experienced god and all you may think that you're strong with him but it's really tested once you fall into these issues like you guys all said but uh, yeah so let's go back to character i agree i agree i think it's a fine line to walk in right um but there's a difference between saying okay i'm going through this season in my life i don't believe in god anymore and then maybe just still being in the faith but not really putting in the effort because my my thought is based on first john uh 2 to 19 it says they were out from us but they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but they're going showed that none of them belong to us and here John is talking about people who come as Christians and then they just abandon the faith he's saying that they were never really in us as in they never really got born again got the holy spirit and experienced the living god i think you can relate it to um the parable of the sower so there was one seed that fell on the rocky ground and Jesus said that oh this person initially there was so much joy because they actually encountered God but because no roots were grown that they 
it never continued. Yeah. So I feel like people who do encounter God, they can also fall away. But I do know some some of my friends who are Christians who genuinely believe Jesus. But I would, I mean, I think they are lukewarm because they don't actually know who Jesus is. They believe Jesus is died for my sins and things like that. But because they don't grow their roots, because their roots are so shallow, and they don't, that's why they don't know like what to do and like who Jesus is. Like, am I actually sinning or am I doing wrong, right? Like, like what the percentage said, like some of them believe that Jesus sinned, right? I mean, if you don't read the Bible, maybe you think that, right? But you can think that and still believe in Christ, right? Mm. So I think their roots are just so shallow. It's not like properly rooted and grounded but they have encountered God before. But like what Siobhan said, so even for my personal life, I've seen myself like, for example, like the other day, wow, God spoke to me, really revelation. But the next day I'm back to my habits of like secularism, you know, because this world is just sinful, right? And we are in it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like, I kind of feel like almost all Christians have a bit of lukewarmness in their lives. Like even me, including myself, like, Today was Sunday, we went to church and I felt really like, like spiritually, I felt really much more lifted. And then I kind of feel like when I get back to work, I kind of like drift away. Like for example, the past whole week, I've been working like 14, 15 hours a day. And I kind of feel like I kind of drifted away from God during these days. And like it was, it felt really good back to come back to church. But then again, I feel like now again, when I start working, again, my mind might sort of again drift away. So we all, I kind of feel like we all Christians have a bit of lukewarmness in ourselves, whether it's from this or any other aspects. And what do you guys feel like lukewarm people, do you think they attend church regularly? I think they do because I would regard like lukewarm Christians as people who like do believe in God, they believe in the word, they know what is true, they know what, they clearly know what is right and wrong, what Jesus is. Like, I believe they can even know the stories of the Bible. But um, I think like being lukewarm is a choice of lifestyle as well. Yeah, so like, even though, even though like going to church and um, attending service regularly is, is part of the Christian life, but I think Christian life is more than just attending church. Christian life is a lot about like doing ministry, about living out um, the Christian values in the secular world. And like that's application of whatever we gain on Sundays. But so in my point of view, um, I think that lukewarm Christians, they do attend church. But um, the question is, do they really live out um, what what is preached on the Sunday mm-hmm. in from like Mondays to Saturdays or like are they only um, living out um, what Jesus says in the Bible only on Sundays? Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to do with uh, commitment and investment in the fellowship with God. Like Kelly said, if you're not really watering your seed and giving it proper nutrients, then you're not going to grow deep roots. And I think that's when the worldly trap gets a grip on you, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, from my own perspective i think two things essential for salvation is first a relationship with jesus which is like just believing wholeheartedly that he died for your sins and all of that but then the second thing is also committing to actually walking with god so like living out all these practices that are taught 
to us and applying what we learn in church and just like our faith basically like how uh through these top seasons do we live out our faith like do we continue to believe that god is there for us and that he's in control or do we just fall back into this worldly thing saying like god can't help me anymore and then you know so yeah yeah it says in james uh 1 22 to 25 do not deceive yourselves by just listening to his word instead put it into practice so um, i don't think that um through our own power we can just read the word and then do it it's more so like god saves you god brings you out of that place of darkness and sin and um condemnation and then through him through his empowerment is how we are able to fulfill his words and his commandments and follow follow him basically yeah and like also in isaiah chapter 29 verse 13 the lord says these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far away from me they are their worship of me is based merely on human rules they have been taught like even with church like i kind of feel like many christians go to church as it's like a christian rule that every sunday it's not a rule like it's something that we all make up yeah it's like a routine that every sunday we go to church and these things are like many low prom christians they do attend church regularly but then once again like like you guys said like it also depends on whether they're taking the word into their he- into their hearts like the parable of the sower how it said uh that people take their words in and then after sometimes like the worldly things come up and take over their lives or the secular secular word world takes over their lives so yeah like lokom christians they do attend church like you read in that perspective right because lokom christians they want to be saved from the penalty of their sin rather than just being safe mm. from their sins so, like they attend church they donate 10% because all of this is a task but then they don't donate with a generous heart and they follow all of these really strictly but there's no true like relationship that they're actually building with god at the same time i think an analogy that i used to um think is quite good not ex- not like just specifically very precise but this is how i view it like if for example like me and my best friend like i i love my best friend so much but uh it's a it's a scenario okay but one day we're walking on the road a car comes and she pushes me to the side and she takes it right and, and she, if she passes away she passes away and as a friend i would want to live my life for her you know i would want to do everything like everything she used to love doing everything she has ever dreamed of i would want to do it for her Everything and she also, wanted for you. Yes, and also like taking care of her family, her the people she loved, and everything. I would do it for her. I would live the rest of my life for her because I knew her the best. So I think we can think of it that way. Like, do you love Jesus enough to think of him like that? Right, that he genuinely died for you, and is the weight of his death like is it just nothing to you? Honestly, I think no matter how many times you try to think about it, nobody can. actually understand the weight of his sin because if we were there maybe we would like we would see him actually genuinely being crucified but like if the weight of his like death on the cross is so big to you you would actually change your life you would be a living sacrifice every single day that's when it will be a bit easier to commit that's when it's easier to 
remember that my God, my Savior, who was so pure and died on the cross for me, I'm going to do this for him because I love him. Right? Well, yeah, and that's part of receiving salvation. That's yes. part of being saved from God is to realize how grave your sins are mm. and how much you needed a Savior and how God not only gave himself but his son for you. I think that anyone that doesn't get touched by that, by seeing Jesus on the cross, has a, has a heart of stone. Um, like, so on that note, because we've been like talking a lot about like, but what is lukewarm? Um, what are the characteristics of a lukewarm Christian? And like, I think like throughout this conversation, one thing that kept popping up in my head was like, then, um, so is being lukewarm a choice for people or is it something that we just naturally fall into? Like if you think about a cup of coffee, like what the analogy at the start, right? Like, if you leave a hot cup of coffee there, then, like, it would slowly drift towards being, like, lukewarm before becoming cold, right? So, could we, do you think that we could, like, picture our lives being like that? Like, not actively pursuing Christ, and then we slowly drift towards, like, becoming lukewarm, and then eventually our hearts become hardened. And, like, then that's why I come to think that um, maybe being lukewarm could be like a choice, like a personal choice um, of lifestyle as well. So where we sit, where we're comfortable because that we enjoy the benefits of like, you know, um, attending church for, because we know that we're going to get saved by God, right? Um, but yet also uh, being comfortable where we are, like not actively like giving to church, not actively serving God's people and um, doing ministry because like it's uncomfortable and it takes up, parts of our lives that um that we don't want to give up and like yeah so sometimes I think that being lukewarm might be a choice but what do you think because it was mentioned just now that like oh about um God convicting hearts so like would you think that being lukewarm is a choice of ours or like it's something that God has to like actively change people well mm-hmm. yeah I think like, I think first of all that's a very interesting uh, question yeah, that you brought up. Um, our nature as human beings, uh, born in this sinful world from a sinful parents, is to sin, right? Yeah. So, in a way, it's nature. It's our nature to fall into lukewarmness, if you want to call it. But then, it's also an active choice that you're making because you're you're not choosing to do the right things to be close with God, to sacrifice yourself, your pleasures for God. And um, yeah, leave me thinking because I think it's a bit of both. Mm. And I can definitely relate to what you're saying. So I think last year when I was studying for my exams, like I put my exams above everything. So I stopped working out and then my relationship with Christ got really dry. Like instead of attending actual church, I just watched the online service instead. And then, yeah, and then my whole life was just focused on my finals so then uh i was drifting away from Christ's role and yeah been saying that true enough sir like you said i feel like it's uh it can go in both ways one is mm-hmm. it can be a choice because you're just sometimes just lazy to devote yourself and to sacrifice your time to attend church or even uh, do things to please god like helping the church out in whatever talent you have or anything like that. And it all can also be just something that happens 
without you knowing. Because, like, for example, I feel like many people nowadays, when they have things that satisfy themselves, they have the money or the resources, and life is just going good. They feel, why do I need God? Everything's good. You don't really, I don't really need to put all these, all these things. And you sometimes even get busy with work. And then eventually, without you even understanding, you are drifting away from God. And forgetting the fact that everything you have right now is because of God. And uh, yeah, so it can go in both ways. That's what I feel like. I think yeah. a lukewarm Christian would have a very um, transactional relationship with God. So it's always like, um, if I want something, I ask God and things like that. But people who are in lukewarm actively know that, like what you said, I think it's very good that you brought up that even what we're doing now is all by the grace of God. Like the fact that we're breeding, the fact that God gave us another chance in life again to be more like Him, I think it's all by the grace of God. And yeah. And so there's this quote that I saw. It said, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And that is true to some extent, but then a lot of us just rely on being forgiven and that like, allows us to slip back into laziness, into the warmness. And yeah, I just thought I'd put that out there. Well, yeah, but again, the fruit of the Spirit is good works, right? So it's not, it's not until you have the, the Spirit of God in you that you start living out His Word. So for some people, they may say they're a Christian, but they keep producing bad fruit because they're not in in uh, they're not part of the vine of Christ so um, I think that has a lot to do with um, your works it's not through your works that you attain salvation it's because of salvation that you do good works yeah yeah that's true and uh, just speaking on another characteristic of lukewarm like I think Braden brought this up before uh, some some lukewarm people like give their money to charity and to the church but as long as it doesn't create an effect on their standard of living. Uh, what do you guys think of, it, of that characteristic? I think it's not fully trusting on God, mainly because they're, they're fearful that if they give uh, a bit more than they should, then they might be in a critical position for their lifestyle or something, or that they may not be able to take care of a family or... Or just yeah, continue living out a lifestyle. I think that's that's part of it. Uh, not fully having faith in God that God will provide. I think another could be selfishness because you might very well be living at a good standard and have financial security, but you just say, okay, this is not a smart financial decision because I'm not just gonna give money away. But you don't realize that it's for the cause of God. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's mainly pride and a lack of faith. But something that I feel like, something they are forgetting is the fact that everything they have right now is because of God. That's true. So all the resources that they have been blessed with is because of God. So if they are, if they think like that, then they would definitely be willing to give more to God because it is what God gave that I'm giving back to Him to make it even more fruitful. To yeah. whom much is given, much will be required. That's what here. I agree. Like, um, I also think about like the idea of like being comfortable. Like, you know, you know how it's important to give to church. You know, like God, 
I think God put in place like um put in place like the idea of like our 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 like general idea of oh giving ten percent to the church or giving what we giving our financial resources or whatever we have sharing it with people. I think uh, it inculcates like a lot of like um godly values of like being generous with God's people, being loving. And I think like that's how God wants us to treat other believers as well. But um on that note, um like I would say that giving is definitely uncomfortable, right? Because it's giving something that we think that is ours to back to when it actually belongs to God. And um I think that in in this light, um like how do, how do I put this? <laughs> like I think um uh, about giving, right? And giving to church and everything. I think um it's it's again putting putting ourselves in a comfortable position and like that's what characterizes lukewarm Christians. It's because you are feeling comfortable in the secular world, right? Because we feel comfortable when we have like the resources, when we feel secure in yeah. um the money that we have. Mm. But then like um, but then we know that the Christian life is never really that comfortable for, for forever. And it doesn't mean that like Christian, the Christian life has to be bad, but like, I don't think the Bible ever promises that the Christian life will ever be comfortable, ever be smooth. So I think desiring to like sit in that position of like comfort where like, yes, I can enjoy the fruits um, and the grace of God, but then yet I also want to live my life as such that I feel comfortable in a secular world. Mm. Yeah, I think that's when we can like start telling the difference between um, where we are in our Christian faith. I think I agree with Bill. I think everyone is guilty of that aspect of the lukewarm because in this world that we're living, it's true that money buys certain things, money buys a house. You need a house, right? There's so much value in money. And also, in a circular world, people will place a lot of value in the things they have. Their clothes, their phones, for example. And like, are you willing to give that up? You know, 10%, right? For some people, 10% is a lot. For some people, 10% is not much. But it really is actually a very difficult thing to do for, for a lot of people. Because this world just puts so much value in the things that we have. And... It's obviously like something that we need to pray a lot about as well. But it's also something that we shouldn't like, like people out there shouldn't discriminate. Like even if, if you don't give um, 10% or if somebody gives like 50%, then you compare. Because like the parable of the, the lady and the Pharisee, she only gave one coin. And that one coin was her entire, that was her 100%. And the Pharisee gave like, Maybe I forgot 500 coins. It seems a lot, but maybe that was just his 1%, you know? It's all relative, but I think it really is your heart. Your heart behind why you're giving. Like, for example, if you do... I mean, also, it depends on what church. You have to, like, suss out whether church is okay to give money. I, I wanted yeah. to bring that up, yes. <laughs> Investigate it. Yeah, but if it's a church that's, like, really full-on missionary works, you know, really supporting a lot of people, you will feel motivated to want to give for the cause of Christ as well, right? For, but if they're like so hidden about it, like they don't actually break down where the money goes and obviously, no, <laughs> give somewhere else, right? Yeah, but it's like a yeah. mega church. Yeah, mm. a mega church, that's dangerous. 
But yeah. No, uh, yeah. I, I think I like what Bill said because complacency is a major part of why people act in a lukewarm way, right? So I think that also you, you don't really need to be donating your money to a church. You can have your own cause or, or donate to a charity or donate to um, or go out of your way and help people in need, help people in the streets. I think all, all of these are ways of serving God, of donating money to for God's purpose, for God's kingdom, because um, the church extends more than just a building, right? The church is the people and the peop uh, the works of the people. I would like to say something interesting. I feel like when people are asked to give money, because money is such a big thing to maybe some people, that's that it requires sacrifice, right? Like, for example, they're like, okay, give 10%. You're like, ah, uh, fine, I'll give 10%. That's a sacrifice. But I think if we look at it, not just in the money aspect, whatever that is important to you and God is asking to give it to him, that's already a sacrifice. Like, if I'm a busy person and time is more valuable to me than money, then I feel like God would want you to give everything right to him. So that's when it's challenging for me where my sacrifice would be time not so much of money. So I feel like a lukewarm person, like I remember you mentioned like that we believe that God provides. I feel like the idea that God will provide is very daunting on some people because you don't know the extent to how much he will take care of you, how much he will really provide for you. Like, especially if you value time so much, you're like, I don't want to sacrifice one hour of my life because what if God won't provide? Because it's so hard to believe for them, to believe that God actually do provide until they take the leap of faith. So I feel like Christianity is like a repetition of a lot of things. Sacrifice, leap of faith, loving God, like knowing and truly knowing that He provides and things like that. It's all these aspects that seem so simple, but actually is so complex. That's why Christ is like, you have to be a living sacrifice. Every second of your life, every day, every minute is a sacrifice. Sadly, because we live in this world. It's a sinful world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a good and like I'm gonna say like for example like I myself struggle with uh, giving out the ten percent to church and like like I sometimes calculate in my mind or oh, it's a tax is twenty five percent then ten percent to church mm -hmm. so like it's like all right thirty five percent of the church yeah and so, so now okay now this this means that I have only sixty five percent with me mm -hmm. so like then like mentally it's like yeah. struggling with me like oh damn like now I've got to give all this money again. So, but then, like, how you guys spoke up, like, in one way, like, everything that we have is also from God. Mm -hmm. Even this income that we all earn is also from God. And giving one-tenth shouldn't be much of an issue. Mm -hmm. Like, should be in a mindset that you're giving it in a way, like, you're thanking God for what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, I, I kind of feel like that now I'll try to give my 10% next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And, um... And also just another thing, like in the Bible, when it speaks about giving one-tenth, do you guys feel like that one-tenth is only for the church or like even does your charitable donations include in that 10%? I think it's in the context of the Bible. I feel like, uh, I'm not too sure where that's from, but if it is like in the early stages of the church, like to build up the church, then I would believe that one-tenth would be very beneficial for the church, especially if they're growing Christians, right? Whereas, for example, one tend to a church that's already very big. In my opinion, um, if I see other organizations that are more in need, 
or like, you know, God actually presented to me when I come across it, I would want to give my 110 to that organization. Yeah. So I'm not too sure in the context because everything we take from the Bible should be in context as well, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's just my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And do you guys also feel like lukewarm people tend to choose what is more popular than actually what is right when they are in conflict? Yeah. Look, why do you think like that, Jia? Well, because if they're not really living up to how God wants us to be, then let's say in controversial stuff, they're going to be for what this world is about, right? And not for what God's standard is. So there's a lot of controversial stuff, right? I'm not just going to mention uh, because this is not the topic of this episode, but I, I'm I'm sure you, the audience knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like, like, what you say, like, if you should stand up to what's right and what the Bible says whenever something like this comes up, you should look back to the Bible and see what is actually right. It's like, just because you're showing the world and following what the world thinks is right, you're not actually standing up or being a representative of what God is saying because we all, as Christians, we, we represent Jesus and we should, even when we're agreeing to things, it should be like what Jesus would do or what would Jesus say about this certain topic. And yeah, and just to just to run up on like a few things, like some lukewarm Christians, like, they really share their, so sorry, some Christians, they share the word with others or they stand up uh, towards God and like try to bring up Jesus wherever they go. Like, for example, we saw <laughs> Gio bringing up uh, about Jesus in, I think, was it at KFC? Bro, uh, there's so many I mean, so places. Many places uh, like he randomly <laughs> yeah, once just told uh, my, the reception guy, yeah. <laughs> The, the concierge about God. So, like, some lukewarm people, like, they wouldn't even want to bring up Jesus or the Bible, anything in front. Well, yeah, um, but unbelievers hate when they hear from God, when they hear about God. And um, I just want to say something real quick about... Um, actually, I forgot. Never mind, you you guys keep going. Um, I, I had it, but... I think one thing I want to, like point out is that like it was interesting how you how you did mention about like what is popular right because I think like in in the world we live in right now like social influence our social context becomes very important to us like we like popularity we like our friends we want to be popular we want to be known to people and things like fame um how influential we are are so important to us in this day and age that like we tend to to like drift towards following what the the general public does rather than following what God does. And I think that um I think that is like not being rooted in the faith. That's what we've been saying all along. Because if you're not rooted in the faith, you tend to just drift along, drift along what everyone else is doing. And uh that also ties in with um with uh like how we how we choose to live our lives as well. Do we purposefully um try to live in line with what God says or are we just a drifter? Yeah. Being comfortable with whatever people do around us. I think I was about to agree, Bella. So I was about to say that as well. 
I think it also stems for being rooted in your identity in Christ, mm-hmm. like who you are in Christ. Because ultimately, God said that we're all sheeps, right? And I don't know if you met sheeps before, but they're so dumb. And they're, they're really so dumb and they don't know where to follow. They'll follow anybody who they think is their shepherd. Yeah. And Jesus called a sheep. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, I'm that, I'm that dumb, you know? And I, thinking about it, we are. We are actually so dumb. Because if you're a sheep who don't know, like, I remember it's one of the Bible verses where, like, Jesus, like, um, the sheep won't know the master's call. Like, only my sheep will know my voice. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, I feel like there are sheep that are like, oh no, who do I listen to, right? They can't hear Jesus' voice. Whereas for those who are not lukewarm, who know who their ident- identity is in Christ, their faith is rooted, then they would know to follow the master's voice. But honestly, if you put yourself in that position of social people, like um, persuading you to um, like agree to the circular or you follow the popular like viewpoint, it's actually very difficult because I don't know what other people experience and I can't say for sure because I've never been in that position. But I'm not undermining how how intense the feeling is when you are struggling to listen to Jesus' voice or the world's voice. But truly, I think that when if that situation presents itself, God will help you. Like, He will help you. And even says in James 4 verse 8, uh, a topic regarding choosing God or choosing the world, it says, Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So I think one thing that God really dislikes is people having like an undivided heart. So what God wants us to do is abide in Christ. So to abide in Christ, we need to be like God, like Jesus. And we need to understand that in God, there is no darkness at all. So to be like him, we can't just have a mix of like light and darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Just, just the last one. Like, do you guys feel like there can be lukewarm people who are also working at church or doing ministry? Like, do you yeah. think there might be lukewarm? And get to send. Yeah. Like, why do you guys think so? Damn, I have met a lot of people who um, they know so much. When you talk to them, they know so much about the Bible. It's theologically in check, perfect. We have like problems. You go to them, you ask them but they themselves don't have a relationship with Christ. Like when I ask, like, do you pray? It's like, what's the point of praying? Like, what do you mean pray? It's logic, you know? Then I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, I I expect you to pray. But also I feel like um, people that go into ministry or into the work, it can be very stressful. It can also be very taxing, right? So some people, I know it's a whole debate on itself, but some people might feel burnt out. I know some people say that, oh, if you're, a Christian, you won't feel burnout, you know, something like that. But I do feel like um, when you're so involved in ministry, you can fall back and you can end up lukewarm. And that is because you just, you just fail to um, establish that discipline in your life to always keep yourself in check, um, the rule of life, to be with Christ and things like that. Yeah, so definitely I have met many people who uh, really like pops that thing in my head and be like, oh, yeah, the person doesn't pray. <laughs> yeah. Speaking on what you just said, um, I think I, I like this analogy a lot because it sums it up perfectly. And it's like someone can know the recipe of something, of a dish, even to the molecular structure. They know how it tastes because of how the components and the, molecule, the molecules are. 
they know each ingredient to the last uh, minute detail, right? But if they've never tried that dish, they'll never truly know how how it, how it is to how it feels to eat it, how it tastes, right? And I feel like that's people with, with who have deep understanding of theology, who have never really experienced Christ, right? They they have an idea, but they don't really know until they've been in that place of forgiveness or or uh, humility that comes about with uh, being face to face with God. Uh, and I just want to say that in regards to is there lukewarm Christians uh, who are serving in church? Yes, there is. Uh, I saw this statistic about two days ago and it shook me because I, I didn't really uh, know this and I didn't expect this. 50% of pastors watch porn. That's that's just, that, that not only shows how much of a grip the sin of lust has on humans, but it shows that the well, some some people in the church serving are not really um, hot for God. They they mm-hmm. can be rather lukewarm, mm-hmm. and makes you think really. I think mm-hmm. a good example are the Pharisees mm-hmm. in the Bible. Ultimately, I think like lukewarm is the condition of the heart, like the state of the heart. Like if you check our health, like what's the status, what's the con, what's the condition of our heart that, um. That, that is in us, that God sees in us, right? Like, um, so there can be lukewarm people who, like, talk to other people. I believe that there are lukewarm people who also do share their faith because they see it as, oh, because I have to do this. So there are definitely lukewarm people who serve in church, who give to the poor. But, like, when you check who who are you on the inside, how are you doing with your spiritual health, like, are you really connected with God? then that's when, like, the condition of the heart shows up. Are you lukewarm or not? Yeah. Yeah, that's what. And uh, speaking on what you said, there's actually a verse in the Bible, how God speaks, in the book of Matthew. Wait, give me a second. Yeah, in Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, God says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven will. And, uh, yeah, like you said, there are many people nowadays that they know a lot about the Bible, but then they forget to understand the final meaning of it, and that is Jesus, our only Savior. So, yeah, so basically. Well, yeah, if you, if you truly understand and believe that, you live out what he calls you to be in this world, right? That's right. Because with belief, if you truly believe something, you'll act out on it. I think that goes in hand with belief. That's great. And uh, now that we spoke about lukewarm Christians and some characteristics, what are some advices you think we can give to people who are lukewarm Christians to overcome this situation in their lives? I saw a lot of people commenting on like the qualities of this and how it is such a high standard for them to follow or this. But I think this sets like a like a general standard that we should all try and aim to, but we should all remember that we're all sinners and we're all humans. So of course we're going to fail this. But I think one advice is to like, for me is to find a community of people Mm. that you can keep accountable with, that you can remind them and they can remind you and just being totally honest with each other. And regarding that, there's actually uh, 
two story, two people in the Bible I'd like to mention. And one shows like lukewarmness and one shows like a heart of repentance. So one of them is Peter. So Peter, he was known for putting his foot in his mouth and saying unnecessary stuff like even denied Jesus, knowing Jesus three times. But after that, he repented for it. And he was asked to be like, I can't remember what, but like hung up upside down for his death because he felt that he was not on the same level as Jesus. Crucified upside down. And then the other person is Judas, who was a disciple of Jesus and was even doing miracles in Jesus' name. But then he had a lukewarm heart, so he was a treasurer for the disciples and he took some money here and then and then he even sold Jesus off for just a bit of money. And then even after that, he didn't even ask for forgiveness or repent or anything. We just... Like, he just uh, hung himself, I'm pretty sure. And then that shows, like, the difference with, between the hearts of these two people. But, yeah. The thing and advice I'll give is that if you do find yourself feeling like, oh, I am a lukewarm Christian, you shouldn't be disheartened. And those who aren't a lukewarm Christian, like, don't compare yourself to them. Because if you ask me, and I look at the list of the of supposedly characteristics of lukewarm Christians, I can't fulfill all of them, right? I mean, like, um, I would surely fall into one of the categories. But the thing is, right, I think Jesus is also teaching us the virtue of not giving up. Like, even when you find yourself failing um, at a certain point, maybe you don't give 10%, right? And you feel so disheartened. It is actually, like, based on you repenting and also not giving up. Like... Honestly, we'll never be perfect, right? All of us will be lukewarm in a certain season of our life, 100%. Because also it's in the Bible, like, the closer you get to Jesus, the more the devil will attack you. The more he will aim at you, you know? So that's when you face even more difficulties, even more problems in life. So just don't give up. Don't look at people like, oh, they're better than me. No, only God can judge. and Only God sees the condition of everybody's heart. So... If you truly see yourself as a lukewarm person and then you're like, okay, I need to repent. That step of repenting is already something that God is just so proud of because a lot of people can't even repent. A lot of people don't even acknowledge that they're lukewarm or that they're sinful, right? They don't have the conviction. Yes. So it's just a step. So don't feel disheartened and just look towards God because God has already, Jesus has already died for you. So there's already grace upon grace upon grace every day on you so just don't feel upset about it i guess just Mm -hmm. keep looking forward yeah i agree i feel i also think that like for spiritual conviction maybe first we can start from prayer Mm -hmm. because i think that sometimes sometimes in your life like you don't really feel the conviction right like Mm -hmm. you don't feel the motivation to change in your life yes because the the secular world um living in a secular world can be comfortable and it can be so hard to like pull out of it and start being passionate for God, start giving up things for God, start living for God. So I think that definitely I would say a number one thing, at least for myself, is to definitely start from prayer. Start praying to God about um about like self about what you reflected about yourself, what things you think that you lack in. Or even if you don't know like whether you're lukewarm, whether you're passionate or whether you've already gone cold, I think that we can just come to God with that like with an honest heart and ask 
him to like search us to test our hearts and that's when we know where we are and when we become more aware then we know what to do after that which mm. I believe God will give the spiritual conviction yeah. yes yeah repentance it, it all starts with repentance and prayer is shows humility it shows that you are saying okay I repent I need help from God I'm gonna talk to God and see, because I, I've come to the limit of my own strength, see if he can help me out with this. I say that's that's probably uh, my biggest advice for people who are struggling with lukewarmness. Just come in a place of humility and faith. You have to have faith, of course. And then ask for God to deliver you from uh, whatever sin you're struggling with, right? Even though we may go through seasons, uh, you you still should do this in in each and every season because, um, yeah, sin, sin still is sin, even though you've been forgiven or even though you've um, overcome it in the past. If you're struggling right now, you should still treat it as a as a the same way you treat it when in the beginning. That's good and. Another thing that I feel like is important for us is to surround ourselves with Christians. Mm -hmm. And because the thing is, when you see other Christians doing all these things and really, really having all this good faith with them, you strive to be like them. Mm -hmm. And there's this phrase where it says, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And so if you continue to live with them and surround yourself, communicate with them, they also can come up to you and help you out in these situations and really build your faith with them together. And uh, and I kind of feel like, like we mentioned before, that one main reason for lukewarmness is because of the love of the world that uh, many Christians have. And so if you check in, sorry, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in him. So many lukewarm Christians, like I mentioned once again before, uh, if you you just need to stop loving the world. Just know that the world that we're all living right now is very temporally, like just what maximum hundred years or like if you do a few gyms, like you might go a couple of ten years more. But what I'm trying to say is that like. Our sole purpose or existence in this world is to serve God. And in the Bible, it says that we can't serve two masters at the same time. It's only one master. And you need to understand that. Just look deep into your soul and just think that what happens to your soul once you die, whether it will either be having eternal life in heaven or it might be a burning in hell. And try to treat your soul in a way that it will bring goodness to yourself also. So like being, stop loving the world, meaning not not that I'm saying is that, like to stay away from the world, be a part of the world, but then to know that your sole purpose is for God and to serve God and that God died in the cross for our sins and a way that we could also show or give back to God is following God and understanding that, understanding the suffocation Jesus went through and also do something for God, like to look towards and like do some ministry or to bring other people closer to God 
and things like that. And when you do things like that, like you always kind of feel like more empowered. And then also, if you kind of feel like you're a lukewarm Christian, just maybe just try to read the Bible, and then sometimes the Bible also just reads up, reads to you and speaks to you. So, for example, in the morning you could every day like just take a daily bread. So I had this thing called the daily bread, and every morning that I read the Bible, just these few verses, and it like speaks to me. And if you're a lukewarm Christian, you could also maybe just slowly, step by step, start reading maybe like just a few verses a day. And gradually grow a, a bit longer, or like even a lukewarm Christian could even just join like a small group. Like for example, we all are part of a uh, Christian club-like thing at university. Just maybe join one of those few groups and educate yourself and get knowledgeable about the Bible. And then after you will understand the importance of following God and giving up your whole life and sacrificing for God. Yeah, just what I said. Yeah, just adding on to that, like. It's, um, also reading the Bible is also very important like you said but they could also do other things such as reading the devotion or even like listening to worship music and like understanding what the lyrics mean because then when we do that we come closer to God and like Kelly said like we since we weren't there we don't understand the weight of Jesus's crucifixion and how he died for us but I think as we find out more about God we can start to realize like how much it actually costs for him to actually die on that cross, the gamble that he actually took, knowing that we may or like we may even fall back into sin and just understanding the cost of all of this, which allows us to slowly come back to realize that we have been, like we've said this many times about the grace of God, like we have been saved and called into this undeserving position to literally be children of the King of Kings and we don't even deserve any of that, but just understanding it, understanding this really helps us to uh, face lukewarmness. Yeah. Pray daily also, and just if you're struggling with a few things that we just spoke of today, just bring it up to God and say like, God, look, I'm struggling. For example, me, like I mentioned, like giving 10%, I'm struggling with that a bit. So maybe I could just like start praying to God and tell him that to fix my mindset in a way that I could give it out and give it in a way that I feel like it's not a loss and just bring it up to God and say like, look, God, help me. Like I'm facing these issues or I feel like the the reason I'm following a Christian and doing this thing is just to show other Christians that I'm a better Christian and things like that. So like you can, you could always like bring it up to God and pray with him and look for an answer from God and be patient with him and God will always find out some way to reveal himself to you and yeah and Gio do you have like something that we could give up to our viewers like in, in conclusion for lukewarmness um pray read the bible realize that we're not perfect that God is perfect and to be with God we need him that's it and one last thing I wanted to add was just an uh, analogy. Um, so basically, God is like the sun and we are all plants. Some of us are taller than others, but we will never reach the sun because we will fall short of the kingdom of heaven. And uh, also, yeah, Kelly and Annabelle, do you guys want to add anything to our views? And then 
So, <laughs> in conclusion, I was thinking back where we started. Like, we're thinking about the coffee, right? Um, so, definitely, like, spiritual disciplines is what has been mentioned all along. Like, reading your Bible, praying, going back to God, even asking God for help during your lukewarm phase. Like, all these are small steps, like, spiritual disciplines that we do so that, like, we can keep um, burning with passion for Christ. The, the fire may be big at times, but due to the seasons in our life, it, may, it might like, um, it might burn out a little. But you see, the fire is always there, and I think, um, and I think to keep the coffee hot, like, and to maintain the temperature, we really have to be very intentional about where we want to be with Christ at the end of the day. Yeah, I think um, be reflective, uh, challenge yourself. I think a lot of people don't do that. Like, actually, sit down and ask yourself. Do I really love God? Because if I really love God, I would obey Him. I would want to spend time with Him. Like in a relationship, right? You want to be with that person. You want to know more about that person. So do I do that with God? And if I don't, what am I going to do about it? And who is this God that I believe in? And how has He died? And how does that work? You have to be reflective. You have to be asking yourself and also have an open mind but also, just please never feel um, discouraged or feel like you're being compared. Okay. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. All right, Pedro. Well, uh, Annabelle, would you like to pray for the conclusion <laughs> of this podcast and the viewers as well? Sure. All right. Okay. So let's pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this time that we can gather together to talk about... Um, you go on Christianity to talk about um to talk about how how realistic the Christian life is and uh to reflect upon where we are in our lives. Um Lord, I just pray that you would um you would empower each and every person here in this room, empower each and every um listener of this podcast to take time to reflect upon ourselves take time to um, reflect where we are in our Christian faith and ultimately, Lord, may we be convicted to um, to keep burning with uh, passion for you, a passion to serve you and to have a heart that's only for you. Um, Lord, you know how hard the journey is, but Lord, I just pray that um, you would be together with us, you'll be so present with us in each and every season of our lives such that we would um, we can work hand in hand together with you to um, live out a life that is pleasing in your eyes. So Lord, I just pray for um, for your people. I pray for each and every one of us here right now um, that you would um, continue to um, guard us for your name and use us as a powerful vessel for your name in this world. Uh, Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So thank you guys so much, Annabelle and Kelly, for coming on this podcast. Thank you for inviting us. Rigid is scheduled. <laughs> and yeah, to our viewers as well, we thank you guys for listening. And we hope that this message really gave you guys like a new perspective or a new outlook on life and something that we can actually apply practically in our lives, especially with all the advice that we gave as well. And if you guys found this message helpful, we hope that you guys share this message to people who you think may need to hear this. And we thank you guys from our cornerstone 
for tuning in once again. Yeah. Uh, this is our Cornerstone Podcast signing out. God bless you.